This is Futurecast 101. This is Futurecast 101. Hello, this is Seth Jackson for Futurecast 101, a student project of the College of St. Benedict and St. John's University. Today's topic, the future of pharmaceuticals. Take what you find here and make it better and better. This is a quote by Eli Lilly, a pharmaceutical engineer in the early 1900s who had a goal to improve the quality and safety of drugs to human life. This is the same goal that pharmaceutical engineers have today, but with a different approach. As the future grows, the engineers are constantly asking themselves questions. How would the drug outlook be different? How would the engineers alleviate the problems facing pricing and shortages? How will they improve upon the same goal Eli Lilly set in the 1900s? To answer this, engineers are developing new ways to make a drug, such as precision medications, bacteriophages, and better antibiotics. Newer technologies to solve the questions include the inventions of nanotechnologies, 3D printing, and personalized medication. Before we get into the future of pharmaceuticals, we need to know what is a pharmaceutical. A pharmaceutical, for this presentation, is a medicine or a drug with the intent to treat, diagnose, and prevent a disease as well as restoring and modifying bodily functions. Around 1820, approximately 100 medications were found from plant farms. These were known as folk medicine. Some of the drugs that were found in the farms were cocaine and aspirin. Cocaine is from a cocoa leaf and is used as a stimulant. Aspirin was found in 1874 and was used as a painkiller. Aspirin is found in willow bark. Currently, nearly 40% of medicine come from herb farms. Along with the introduction of new pharmaceuticals came regulations. What kind of regulations, you might ask? To ensure the safety of the drugs, the Pure Food and Drug Act of 1906 was passed by Congress to overlook the drug production before they were imported to other cities and countries. The Food and Drug Administration expanded on this in 1930, outlawing drugs that were mislabeled or tainted. Unfortunately, these efforts were not enough. Even though the FDA improved upon the regulations, sulfathiazole tablets killed and injured nearly 300 people in 1941 when it was tainted with a sedative. The revision process continued until there was a conclusive decision by the FDA. Before a drug can go into the marketplace, there would be multiple volunteer tests on people and animals to see if there were any major side effects. After the volunteer tests, the drug would be tested on patients to see if the drug effectively treats a disease. After multiple tests and applications regarding the results, the FDA approves one of six drugs that were tested. That selected drug is then put in the marketplace and engineers can replicate the selected drug. This process takes up to 15 years. More issues arise when making the drug. Jillian Cohen, a certified family medicine doctor, states that communicable diseases kill nearly 14 million people per year. Unfortunately, not many people or industries focus their attention to the people that need the treatment the most. She states that only 10% of the people benefit from the research and the availability of the drugs. This means that only the rich get the best treatment, while the rest of the world, especially the developing countries, 
don't get the desired treatment. Cost is another issue presented in pharmaceuticals. Stuart Schweitzer, who wrote the book Pharmaceutical Economics and Policy, stated that the cost for bringing a new drug to the market was about $356 million in the early 1990s. Currently, it is $1.7 billion. Martin Screlly, the founder of Turing Pharmaceuticals, increased the price of pyrimethamine from $13.50 to $750 in one night. No wonder we are complaining about a $50 tablet rather than a $500 radiology procedure. Drug shortages are our third issue. Based on the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy, there are currently over 250 drug shortages per year. Many of the issues result from manufacturing issues or delivering the drug improperly. With the current issues surrounding the pharmaceutical industries, engineers are developing new methods to improve the functions of pharmaceuticals as well as preventing these issues. One of the newer medical innovations involves the introduction of precision medications. You might ask yourself, how does precision medication work? Precision medication is the ability to integrate or combine smaller molecules so they can form a basis for targeting a disease. In other words, it allows the drug to target a specific abnormality in a person's DNA or gene makeup. To counter colon cancer, researchers at Penn State University used precision medication by creating a therapy called anti-EGFR. This new therapy was FDA approved after multiple patients were cured. Penn State hopes that the introduction of anti-EGFR therapy allows them to mutate more genes to target other cancers and possibly end colon cancer for good. They hope they can do this with just one dose in the body. The only issue with this method is that it could cause severe altercations in genes, which causes cancer. Otherwise, precision medication has high hopes for us. Do you think that was all? Another advancement from a chemical standpoint is the change in antibiotics. Currently, there are microbes in your body that cause diseases. They also have another ability as of recent called antimicrobial resistance. They make the abilities of antibiotics weaker or have no effect at all. Fortunately, a new method came recently called monoclonal antibiotics. Brad Spielberg author of the article The Future of Antibiotics and Resistance claims monoclonal antibiotics attack directly to the disease or cancer cell. They clone current antibiotics, but they enhance the immune system by attacking the cell and eliminating immune disease inhibitors. These new antibiotics prove that they can counter harmful microbes by functioning the same as current antibiotics except that they are able to replicate easier and attack a single receptor site to destroy the cell membrane. We wonder how antibiotics will be different by 2050, because we want the antibiotics to be better than today's. A third advancement from a chemical standpoint is the introduction of bacteriophages. Bacteriophages are from the Earth's soil, plants, and oceans, and they have specific receptor sites. They were first introduced in 1915 when they had the ability to cure common food poisoning. Based from the HLA, a German research program, they kill microorganisms and eliminate common food diseases such as salmonella. They have very specific receptor sites, 
so they can only kill a small portion of bacteria when injected into the body. The methods used for the bacteriophages was FDA approved. HLA proposed that the phages will be low cost, fast producing, and safe ecologically. It is yet to be determined if the phages can eliminate other diseases, but HLA claims that they are trying to modify the bacteria so they can attack multiple bacteria with one dose. The hope is to find more receptor sites to latch onto. When will they be in place for us? The researchers have no set date. Aside from the chemical advancements, there have been multiple improvements in pharmaceutical development from a technological standpoint. One of the major innovations is nanotechnology. What do nanotechnologies do? J.E. Hulla, author of the article Nanotechnology, states that nanotechnologies are inserted into the body through any part, such as the arm, the chest, or simply through the mouth. The nanotechnology then separates into the body with the drug inside each mini-tech. It then ejects the drug on the bacteria that contains the disease. It's like having a drone inside the body that tracks down the target. These nanotechnologies cured salmonella. Based on tests on animals and humans, Hulla claims that there is little to no risk. He claims it improves the formulation across the body. What he means by this is that it improves circulation and blood flow throughout the body. He also claims they will save resources and cost cheaper because they can be reusable. However, there is one minor problem. They lack positive toxicity data. This means they can poison the person because of the toxins on the metal. Otherwise, there are no glaring issues with the nanotechnologies. We, as people, would like to try it out. Another advancement from a technological perspective is 3D printing. How would 3D printing improve pharmaceuticals? In 2016, Spritam, a drug used for epilepsy, became the first FDA-approved drug to be 3D printed. This idea was later improved by students at the University of Chicago, London, using a hot melt extrusion. Robert Gladder, a news reporter on medicine, stated that the students created different forms of the drugs, such as cones and cylinders. Based on tests for releasing the drug, the cube and the sphere proved to be the best at releasing the drug than any other shape they were able to release the drug longer than traditional tablets. The cubes and the spheres released the drug for over 6 hours compared to only 2 hours by traditional tablets. A third advancement from a technological standpoint is personalized medicine. Karen Lackey wrote a book on it called Medicinal Chemistry Approaches to Personalized Medicine. She states that personalized medicine is a process through the patient's phone. The patients monitor drug development, look at the results of drug tests, and determine whether the drug is right for them. The introduction of personalized medicine prompted Apple to create an app called Research Kit. The Research Kit allows us to look at the progress of a drug and look at the test results on human volunteers. Peter Hogg, one of the journalists for Apple, states that the apps will let research out of the lab and into the real world. We will have control of what we can buy, and we can participate in studies for drug development. With all the advancements taking place to make the future better, the outlook for pharmaceuticals looks promising. 
When do experts think this will happen? Based on the findings, there is no set date. The main take for the future of pharmaceuticals is that it will be patient-centered. As said before, the patients, with their phones, control what they could buy. We can communicate to manufacturers on how the drugs should be improved upon based on safety features and volunteer tests. The same can be done for other advancements such as bacteriophages and nanotechnologies. Once those innovations reach the phones, the patients can use their input on improving them. We can communicate to manufacturers on how they can improve the quality and safety. Having patients control the future of pharmaceuticals allows for industries to improve on what they can do. We, as people, think that these ideas will make our future better. We think this all sounds great to have, but this raises the question, why have we not done it yet? Well, there are some issues still around. One of the issues is pricing of the drugs. Philip Allmeter claims prices will continue to rise no matter what efforts we put into revising it. Currently, drug expenses increase each year. Companies want to adjust prices like Martin Shkreli did with his drug. Because of this, we, as consumers, will continue to be frustrated with prices. A second issue is scarcity. C. Lee Ventola says that there was a record high of 211 drug shortages in 2011 based on the Pharmacy and Therapeutics Journal. The FDA tries to counter the issue by having companies increase the expiration date of the drugs. Manufacturing difficulties and antiquated equipment continue to hinder drug performance, making the trend for drug shortages increase every year. A third issue is dependence. There is an opioid epidemic currently going on in which people take drugs constantly, only to experience death due to drug poisoning. We want instant satisfaction with the drugs. Because of this, John Zibel says the number of deaths doubled between 2014 and 2015. This is currently rising today. We will continue to carelessly use the drug and end up dying because of it. Besides the lingering concerns with drug development, the future of pharmaceuticals will implement new chemicals and new technologies to improve the quality and safety of drugs to our lives. Industries continue to make sure the pricing and shortages will not be an issue. We hope the new designs will improve our lives because that is what we expect out of drugs. Having a patient-centered system allows us to control what we can do to make the drugs better for everyone. For us, as citizens and manufacturers, it's about taking what you find here and making it better and better. This has been Seth Jackson with FutureCast 101. Thanks for listening. This is FutureCast 101. This is FutureCast 101.